our grandma coach uh -uh. sent me a nasty email <gasps> saying that I was breaking like rules within compliance. Um, I was a disgrace to the, um, you know, the team fight to finish downline, just <gasps> all of these horrible things. Um, and she blocked me, removed me from every single group that I was in. <gasps> and yes. And so I was like, oh my God, what do I do now? Like, what do I do now? Hey fam, and welcome to the Call Cheryl Hunt podcast. And I am your host, Cheryl Spears. Each week, we'll be sharing stories from people who have had firsthand experiences with MLMs like Beachbody or Body, and examine the questionable tactics used by some of the leaders in these companies. Please note that some of the content we cover may be disturbing, and we encourage you to check the show notes for disclaimers. Our aim is not to bully or harm anyone, but rather to educate and shed light on the truth. This podcast is not just an anti-MLM podcast. My goal is to help prevent others from falling into the same trap I did being a part of an MLM for eight years. Please keep in mind that the guests on the show are sharing their personal experiences and opinions, and the information provided is intended for informational purposes only and should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice. If you would like to share your own story, please don't hesitate to reach out to me at callcherylhine at gmail.com or feel free to DM me on Instagram at callcherylhine or on my personal Instagram at Cheryl S. Spears. So sit back, relax, and get ready for an eye-opening episode. And don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on any of the valuable insights and personal experiences shared by our guest. Thank you. Enjoy the show. Hey fam, this is Cheryl Spears and I am your host of the Call Cheryl Hahn podcast. And today I have a special guest with me. We are going to call her E and she is here to tell us a little bit about her time while she was in Beachbody and what led her up to joining Beachbody. Um, so welcome E, how are you doing today? Thank you so much for having me, Cheryl. I'm doing well. Good, good. Um, so do you want to tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Um, uh, like what's your, what you do? Are you a mom? Do you have like, what, what, tell us just a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, so I am 33. Okay. And I do, I do have a son. He's two and a half. Um, and I work in a school right now. Um, in, in, I'm not a teacher, and um, it's kind of a unique role. I support our school counselor, and I oh. work with um, fifth through eighth grade students um, with their like social and emotional support. Okay, all right. Well, that sounds interesting. So um, I'm glad to have you here on the podcast. I'm always down to have you know fellow. I guess I call us our former beach buddy. Um, Huns. Um, and I know everybody probably thinks, you know, my story is not um, any different than what anybody else has. Um, but actually, it's really crazy because as many times as I do this podcast, um, and as many times as I've had people come on and talk about Beachbody, it's literally, there's always, there's similar similarities, but then there's also 
something different that hits other people. So why don't you tell us a little bit about um, how did you, how did you become a coach? Like what, what drew you into Beachbody in particular? So I think to talk about how I became a coach, we have to rewind a little bit yeah. um, to kind of paint the picture about where I was um, prior, prior to joining. So um, in 2016, at the time, I was working as an administrative assistant um, for a state-run office, and I was feeling rather unfulfilled in my job. And my degree is actually in criminal justice. So mm. um, when I switched my major in college to criminal justice, I had thought that I wanted to be in law enforcement. Um, but lots of things happened from the time I graduated um, until I found myself in this um, position in 2016 that I just, it didn't work out. And mm -hmm. so I decided I wanted to finally actually go for it. And um, for those that don't know, there's a very significant physical aspect to deciding to pursue a career in law enforcement. Um, and I knew I had some work to do. Oh, so okay. um, to prepare not only for if I was accepted, which was kind of far down the road, but even just to do some of the testing to make it further into the recruitment um, process. Mm -hmm. So I decided to create a fitness Instagram to kind of stay inspired and keep myself accountable. And I was no stranger to Beachbody. Um, I actually had purchased, or I guess I was gifted the program for Christmas, um, I want to say like the year or two before T25. I okay. saw the infomercial and, you know, I had seen Shanti before. I had tried P90X once upon a time and definitely couldn't keep up. So I thought, wow, a 25 minute program um, yeah. sounds yeah. my alley. So I had gotten that program for Christmas, like either the year or two prior. So I had that. And I also um, was doing a program called Bikini Body Guide, also known as BBG. Mm -hmm. um, and back at that time, it was before the app had come out. So it was just a PDF, you know, I was trying to walk myself through that. And then I was also going to the gym. So I had different modalities of um, working out, mm -hmm. um, but I wanted to prepare myself for that aspect of the, of the police academy if I were to be accepted. And in that, um, I had seen, you know, on my Instagram browsing, I had seen um, these coaches. I didn't really understand what it was. I didn't know that it was tied to Beachbody at that time. Um, mm -hmm. And I think the coaching aspect of it was still relatively newer. Um, mm -hmm. So I had no idea that they were tied together at first. And I had been approached by a few but most of them seemed to focus on wanting to sell me Shakeology rather than present the coaching opportunity. Yeah. Um, so I think that's why I didn't fully connect like what was actually going on. But I did see these women who looked happy, who looked healthy, who seemed to like have it all together. And I was like, wow, that looks pretty amazing. But mm -hmm. I was also very focused on my career path. So while it was intriguing, I had no intention of actually pursuing anything related to coaching. Um, it was just kind of cool to watch them. And um, I just kind of, you know, had them in my periphery yeah. <laughs> while I was preparing for the police academy. And so this was um, throughout, I would say, the second half of 2016. Okay. So um, let's let's unpack this. So when they were reaching out to you, so 
a lot of people back in 2016, probably I know I became a coach uh, in 2013, I think. And uh, well, no, 2014. And a lot of people, one of the reasons that we always push Shakeology is because that's how, if you're not going to, if building a team is hard, right? It's, it's really hard. Recruiting is hard. And so if you're not going to recruit, um, selling Shakeology would be your next best thing because you get that person on an auto ship every single month, that's reoccurring revenue, right? So that makes sense as to why they were probably trying to just sell you Shakeology um, either and to draw you into the business opportunity. Um, so, and it also definitely makes sense that you had a fitness IG and they were in your inbox because that's the number one thing that they do. Um, so they were in your peripheral and you were um, focused on your career. So how did that end up being you becoming a coach? What happened? So I, um, I was accepted into the police academy. I found out in December of that year. Mm -hmm. um, I had been hired on with the agency that I applied for. So I was able to leave my job um, as an administrative assistant. And um, it started in late January of 2017. So I had a little bit of a gap and then I started full-time at the police academy. They not only pay you while you're going through it, but they paid me, like they paid my way through. So I was mm -hmm. like, that was my job. So, but I was training the whole time. Yeah. Um, and it is very, for those that don't know about it, it's very intense. Um, it takes up pretty much every ounce of physical, mental, emotional energy that you have. So yeah. I did not have time to scroll social media like I did once upon a time. You know, I was at the academy for most of the day, came home, had to get all my stuff prepped for the next day. I was studying for exams. Um, so I kind of like forgot about <laughs> coaching and stuff like that for a while yeah. um, until May of that year at which point I was two weeks away from graduating and becoming um, sworn in as a deputy sheriff. And I had kind of this epiphany and realized like, I don't think this is really what I wanna be doing. Um, people ask me a lot, what, what triggered my wanting to resign? And I can't yeah. say it was anything um, specific. Like there wasn't one you know, inciting incident. It was just kind of a culmination of feeling very, anxious you wouldn't know based on my performance right like my academy yeah. instructors were shocked when I said I wanted to you know step down um, but internally I was really struggling with the weight of that career and what sacrifices you have to make and just the decision making that has to happen so very quickly and I thought I just I think I need to like maybe take a step back here mm -hmm. um, that weekend was my birthday and I had gone to a craft beer festival with some friends, one of whom is in law enforcement. I've also got family in law enforcement. So I was no stranger to these sacrifices. I just think that yeah. weekend I became very aware of them because instead of being able to enjoy the festival as like a typical patron would do, I couldn't turn off my you know, situational awareness. I was constantly scanning for things that might be off and yeah. I decided I didn't really want to live the rest of my life that way. So 
Um, that following Monday, I put in my resignation. I immediately left and I was actually able to get a civilian position um, with my agency right away. And so at that point, I was very grateful, right, to have yeah. another job, but I had just spent a year preparing and also like pursuing this thing that I thought was going to be it for me. I think my right. whole life since graduating, I was just kind of trying to find my way. I had very high expectations of myself in terms of what kind of you know career I should have, what that should look like. I had friends who were like in nursing school and medical school and my best friend who I actually met through Beachbody is a lawyer. Like yeah. I just had like these, you know, relationships in my life um, that I thought I had to have this really exciting, fun career. And when what I thought that was going to be for me was suddenly gone, I was really struggling with my yeah. identity. Like I was just in this very vulnerable place as many people are who join MLMs for whatever mm -hmm. reason, they're in a vulnerable place in their life. And that's where I was. And so suddenly I had more time for social media again. Um, and I was, you know, back on my fitness Instagram, checking out these coaches. And um, I, I think just being in that space and feeling very like down that I was back at a desk job and just like not doing something that was yeah. really exciting. I wanted something exciting in my mm -hmm. life. I wanted something to kind of hold on to. And so um, I actually reached out to the coach I ended up joining under. Um, a lot of people talk about how they were kind of, you know, preyed upon and they were pressured. And, you know, yes, I did have some coaches kind of present the opportunity and want me to join with them. But my particular upline, like I watched her from afar and then decided that I wanted to yeah. sign up with her. So um, I want to say it was like, first couple days of June in 2017 when I um, decided to go for it. And okay. I did set up like a Zoom call with her beforehand for her to kind of give me more information because I did want that. I wanted to know like more about the income structure and just how this all worked. And that's kind of when mm -hmm. I learned that it was actually like beach body related. Um, and she didn't really answer my questions. Yeah. I think at that time, I just wanted so badly for it to work that I kind of, there were red flags, but I didn't really want to see them. And my husband even tried to point out to me like, oh, sounds like it might be like a pyramid scheme. And of course my response was, oh no, those are illegal. Like there's no way. And he even had me watch betting zero with him on Netflix. Yeah. And after I watched it, I was like, oh, I get what you're saying, but this is not like that. And Man, so, God bless our partners and spouses and husbands. I say this right? all the time who tell us it was a pyramid scheme and we just do not listen. No, so when you were when you were on that Zoom, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, no, right. When you were on that Zoom with her, what questions did you ask and what were not answered? Do you remember? You know, I mean, I did ask her about like the ranks and like how paychecks worked and yeah. like about like building a team. And I think she just gave like, from what I can remember, just kind of vague answers that were mm -hmm. satisfactory enough for me to just digest and be like, okay, you know, it's not like she said, well, I don't know. Like if yeah. she had said, I don't know to everything or like, uh, I'll get back to you. Like I might've been a little bit more like yeah. 
critical, but I just, again, I think she probably could have told me basically anything besides that. And I would have been okay with it because I just really wanted it to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So even after watching Bed in Zero, even after, you know, your husband helped me it was a pyramid scheme, you joined, right? Um, I did. He, and he was very, he wanted to be supportive. I think that's the thing about like our, a good partner, right? Like they're going to tell you what they think, but they also don't want to stop you from your pursuing your dreams. He had that same kind of thought when I went into the police academy. He's like, you know, I think this is great that you want to do this for yourself, but I just don't know if it's for you. But he was never going to tell me like, don't do it. You know, I had to see from and I think this was, I mean, obviously very different, but similar in that way. Yeah. Um, and so I think he wanted to see me happy too. He knew that I was really struggling coming out of the academy. I mean, I was sobbing, like making that decision. It wasn't an easy one. Yeah. Um, and so I think he just, you know, figured, I guess she can always quit if it doesn't work right. out. And of course, it's not quite that simple as, you know, yeah. we will later learn, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So for it. you so you went for it. Um, you joined and, um, were you, were, I mean, I don't know anything about like your journey as a coach. So this is going to be really great for me to learn. Um, within the first, like the first, what type of trainings did you receive to help you start to run your business in the beginning? I will say, um, since she is a public figure, she's been mentioned on the podcast before, Um, I wasn't directly under her. I was a little bit further down in the line, but um, Mm -hmm. I was in the downline. And so the coach tossed me into the trainings that she was running with her other um, diamonds and above coaches at that time. So Mm -hmm. there were some trainings that she provided. um, And then I think there were some like actual Beachbody videos that they had me watch. on, you know, like they have, I don't, I'm sure it's all different now, but they had some, um, you know, very basic videos on like um, your power hour and just that kind of stuff, a little bit to learn about the back office and things. Um, So that's really all that I recall Mm -hmm. um, in terms of training, but it was, I was kind of lumped in with her. And then I also had this like one-on-one uh, Voxer mentorship. My coach would like, um, touch base with me through that app and just kind of, um, she threw a couple other new coaches in the same like chat group and she Mm -hmm. would just like talk about a new topic. Um, like I forget how long it even lasted, but, um, another thing that I received in the, in terms of training. When you're first, when you first get signed up, um, your number one, your first goal is to go Emerald. Um, were you able to go Emerald? I was, and I actually don't remember exactly how long it took me. Um, but I did bless my husband. I signed (laughs) him up and that was the next question (laughs) mm -hmm, because, you know, that's your quickest way to get to Emerald. Right. Um, and I, I had another, I had another girl that ended up signing up with me to become that second coach, um, Mm -hmm. to hit Emerald. And, um, it was pretty quickly. I don't remember exactly how long it took me, but I want to say within the first month or two. Okay. That's good. I mean, that's huge, especially for your coach within the first month or two, you're already, you have your, your down, like your, your base. Right. So, um, what was the highest rank that you did achieve while you were in Beachbody? 
I achieved diamond rank. It took okay. me about a year to get there, but to rewind a little bit yeah. again. Um, yeah. So right after I signed up, um, literally like two days later, um, my dad ended up in the hospital. Oh, no. He had a heart attack and um, my parents live about 45 minutes to an hour away from me in my hometown. And mm -hmm. um, so I picked up and like went down there and I was, you know, at the hospital, I was at my dad's bedside, but in between all of that, in between the visits and, you know, talking with the doctors and nurses and everything else, um, when I was in the lobby in the waiting room before they would let me go back to see him, I was doing my reach outs. When I was at home, at my mm -hmm. childhood home, my parents' home, I was doing my workouts, I was sharing, I was drinking my Shakeology. And I will say like, I kept my father extremely private, but I shared like what I was going through. Mm -hmm. um, and I think at that time, as much as it grew to be like an unhealthy coping mechanism, I think at that time, it was actually mm -hmm. something that helped me get through that really difficult yeah. moment um, in my life. Yeah. And so after about two weeks, he was released and sent home. He had a double bypass surgery. So he had a long you know, recovery ahead of him. So that I was taking time off of work too. Thankfully, we have an amazing um, like leave system um, mm -hmm. and I was able to stay with him and still get paid. Um, so that was, I was really grateful for that. But he saw me, you know, doing my workouts. Like he saw me drinking my Shakeology, doing the portion fix, yeah. you know, everything with your challenge pack, right? And yeah. I grew up playing sports. I was very active and my dad was, a coach in a lot of those sports and so I think for him it was almost like he saw me doing that and it kind of brought back memories of like you know me yeah. doing sports with him and stuff so he it was actually really supportive my mom was a little bit more skeptical <laughs> yeah um, but my dad was really supportive so having his support I feel like meant everything to me at that time yeah. um but it it was yeah it was kind of crazy, but because I was using that as like a coping mechanism, so to speak, yeah. um, I was able to hit success club, um, my first, second and third months of coaching. Oh, and, um, so I You're was, I guess, they call that. <laughs> well, my coach certainly thought so. I don't think my, you know, success, it eventually plateaued. Right. But, yeah. um, she, I think saw me as like a true business builder and like, you know, yeah. she kind of used me as this example, which later I realized was like so toxic because it turns out my dad actually ended up passing away in August of that year. I'm sorry. So he recovered. Thank you. Yeah. So You're he welcome. recovered from a, uh, bypass surgery. He was doing really well. He was cleared to go on a family vacation that we go on pretty much every summer. We've done it since I was a kid. We rent a lake house with our whole family and we yeah. go and he was approved for the vacation. Um, but for whatever reason, um, while the first night we were there, um, something happened with his heart. And um, so that was like, it was just, it was crazy and obviously devastating. I mean, our whole family was there. Um, and so again, I yeah. didn't really know yeah. what else to do other than to cling Work to workouts, my community. Yeah. Um, again, keeping my dad very private, like never sharing his struggles, but just my own, mm -hmm. um, in that time. 
And I think for whatever reason, it like just really motivated me. But I look back now and my coach, you know, made this example of me, which at the time felt really good. But she yeah. was telling the rest of her line, like if she can hit success club in the same month that her dad died, like what is your excuse basically? And she didn't say that verbatim, but mm. she did basically yeah. like put me up on this pedestal and then told everyone else, like you literally don't have an excuse. If she can do it, so can you. And we hear that all the time, right? Like yeah. if so-and-so can do it, if I can do it, you can do it. And that's just obviously a really dangerous like message to be sending. But at the time it felt like, Oh, you know, like I'm special. Like, yeah. you know, I, I am getting this like special attention and treatment and everything. So, um, yeah, so that was really interesting, but I guess they call it like, I think a success starter. Is that what they call yeah. that? Yeah. You're a success so starter. I earned, yeah. I earned my ticket to summit the following year. Um, and so I was super excited about that because at the point that I had joined, it was too late for me to plan on going summit to summit that year. It mm -hmm. was like a month or something. And of course, everything happened with my dad. I was like, yeah, there's no way I can go. Um, so I was, of course, very you know excited about that. But I would say right after that, my success um, kind of stalled for a while. I, you know, there were some months I would hit success club, um, which for those that don't know, hitting success club basically means that you quote unquote help three or yeah. more people um, a month uh, with signing up with a challenge pack basically. Um, and so, and again, a challenge pack is like one of the things that they used to, again, I'm not sure now, yeah. but they used to um, kind of market as like the best total solution for anyone starting up. And it was, you know, access to beach body on demand. Um, it was your um, portion fix containers and then, yep. you know, Shakeology, it was pretty much Shakeology. I feel like Energize was still new at the time. And I don't know, I think they eventually started working it into the challenge packs, but pretty much everyone I signed up um, had Shakeology. Yeah, they, um, so, so pretty much um, for people that are probably listening to this now um, and hear things through um, current coaches, it is called a total solutions pack now, which is the same oh. exact thing. Yeah. But now they get um, BOD and um, Shakeology or a performance pack. So the performance pack includes Energize and Recover. So yes, you are correct. It's the same thing. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I, so, so some months I was hitting success club and getting that three person minimum and then yeah. other months I meet that and um I think starting off so strong and having like a such a you know um like impressive I guess yeah start I, I was really kind of down on myself and thinking like you know what is it that I'm doing or not doing not realizing that it probably literally had nothing to do with any of that it's just the system is designed for you for you to, to fail be successful exactly yeah. so yeah. um kind of stalled on and off um oscillating, you know, almost hitting Ruby and kind of like I was dancing around a little bit. And then I eventually did hit Ruby. I forget exactly when that was. I want to say it was in early 2018. Okay. Um, and so then quickly after that, I hit Diamond, I think in April of that year. Mm -hmm. um, and that was, it wasn't the first time I started to question things, but it was definitely like you work your ass off for yes. this 
you know, shiny object, right? And they make it out to be like this big deal. If you can hit diamond, you're in the top. I think it's, they were saying at the time, 5% of the yeah. company. Um, yeah. And so I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I thought it was going to be amazing. And then I did. And it was just kind of like, all I really had to show for it was my coach giving me a shout out on social media. And then yeah. in the in downline, I'm not sure if it's still this way, but a, a um a tradition is for coaches to gift their diamond coaches a um, Tiffany necklace. Uh-huh. And I'm just not a super materialistic person. I'm not fancy. So I wasn't impressed by that either. I also got like a t-shirt from Beachbody and then my name <laughs> on the, you know, morning wake up call or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, is this it? Like, yeah, because it. I was, there were some months where I was making a decent amount of money, but for the most part, I was definitely spending more on products than I was ever bringing in, even as a diamond coach. Yeah. Um, and it That's- was such work to try and get everyone to stay active. People were falling in and out of active status all the time. It was just, I was like, what even is happening right now? But I still kind of pushed through for a little bit, but that was one of the first times, not the first time I started to question things, but it kind of confirmed some earlier suspicions, like maybe this isn't as great as I thought it was gonna be. The crazy thing is, is what, one thing I wanted to ask you is, so you were definitely, um, so you said that you were spending more than what you were making every month um, on some months, right? Um, so was your, I mean, you're, you're with your husband. So I'm guessing that your finances are together because whatever happens, happens, right? Whenever you pay a bill. So he had to stay active because he was your, he was your baseline for one of your sides for Emerald. So that means that you were buying product for him every month as well on top of you buying product. Um, did you ever feel the pressure of um, while you were a coach and while you were building your, your quote unquote team, um, did you ever feel pressure? And this is one thing I've never asked, but whenever they had new workout programs come out, did you ever feel pressure like you had to buy them? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because if you didn't, like someone yeah. else was going to be able to offer that and say that they've done it. And then they can tell the people that they want to try and recruit, like what yeah. their you know experience was. They have re- like results to show for it. Mm-hmm. Um, perfect example of that, of that was 80 day obsession. Um, that was oh. a huge program that came out when I was, you know, um, before I had hit diamond, but I yeah. did the whole thing. I did the entire program. You did time and nutrition? Yes. Oh gosh. How did that go for you? And therein lies, therein lies the, um, you know, kind of downward spiral into some of the disordered eating and yeah. anorexic tendencies and all of that. Um, but yeah, it was, I definitely felt pressure to do it and also to complete it because, you know, you're supposed to be setting the example, right? And why would yeah. anyone want to join under you if you couldn't actually do it? So, yeah. um, I felt definitely felt pressure for new workout programs when they came out to purchase them. Probably that being the biggest one. I don't really think I've had anybody on here that's done the time nutrition. Can you explain to us what that is? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I don't want to say it's like intermittent fasting because it's definitely different than that. But Mm -hmm. in terms of restriction, there's similarities in that way. But basically, it was designed to, according to Autumn, 
uh, you know, optimize your results with the program. You were eating specific foods at specific times to help with like muscle recovery and, you know, you mm -hmm. eat certain meals before your workout and after your workout, of course, Shakeology is, you know, really Absolutely. important <laughs> on your Shakeology. And I was eating Shakeology or drinking it multiple times per day on this plan um, because now they're kind of marketing Shakeology as this dessert, right? But it's like, we all were trying to do that back then because we were desperate for something sweet. So, yeah. you know, um, or to, to make it taste that. good or to make it taste right. good. It tastes good. And you do have to put all this other stuff in there, like, you know, peanut butter, all this fruit and like everything else. Yeah. But no, um, it was basically like you had the containers like you normally do with a portion fix program, but they were a lot more like, um, it was timed, like at the, like yeah. it says timed. Nutrition. So at certain times I would literally set my alarm on my phone and, um, you know, wow. when it would go off, yep. I would eat what I was supposed to eat. I counted my containers. I did my thing. Um, when I was doing my meal prep, you know, I kind of had like this, when I would see other people's like meal prep for the week post, those used to be super popular. They take pictures of like all of their yep. like meal prep containers the week and post yeah. about it and I would do the same thing and it was all time nutrition um like portion fix uh, yep. approved um and I mean there were times where like I deviated a little bit but not too much and I did take a little bit longer than 80 days I think I had to make up two days so it's like 82 days or something like that but I did actually complete it and did the the timed nutrition almost to a T I mean I think for wow. anyone to do it perfectly start to finish other yeah. than maybe autumn herself I just don't think is like even possible but I was as close to like perfect right on the dot everything yeah as, as I yeah. could have been I think I'm guessing for time nutrition you had to eat a certain amount of time before the workout correct yes and oh. after you were either doing I think they might have I think they had recover yeah. at that point yeah. so I think that was Part of it yeah. and going back to buying product under my husband's account so i bought shakeology under mine and recover and energize through his absolutely because you know why you did that the shakeology is automatically 90 pv so you're staying active and then the recover and energize under him will give him his 50 pv so he'll stay active yeah and that's that's a grand total of about 300 a month a little bit over um 300 a month for you and your husband to to basically be a beach body coach is, is well, how that and never is. mind other added expenses. That's just in product. Yeah. We're also talking about um, subscriptions to um, like workout clothes. Yes. Um, you know, so you're not the same workout outfit all the time. We're talking buying new Nikes all the time. Yep. Um, just stuff was never a priority for me ever before because I'm not very like into stuff and, yeah. you know, but I was finding myself suddenly like needing to buy a bunch of extra things that didn't yeah. matter, like mugs so I could take cute pictures of me, like with my coffee. I didn't yeah. want everyone to see the same mug 20 times, you know, so just even stuff like that, that you don't really even like factor into your actual expenses. Do you ever invest in any type of like, ball spade coaching that would help you like alleviate or level up your business? No, I think the most I ever did was get into um, like some of those push groups that the coaches, yeah. the uplines run. 
Um, and of course it costs to be in that. So like, you know, I think it was like five or maybe $10 and then whoever hit the rank they were trying to go for would mm -hmm. get like a share of that money. Um, and I didn't hit any rank that I was attempting to get in those push groups. Um, so I didn't actually like invest too much in, mm -hmm. um, that type which, of, you know, stuff. which fun fact, fun fact we have found, um, since becoming, um, since no longer being with Beachbody, I have found that um, those are actually illegal. Those groups are illegal because you, when you sign up for your coach, they are required by the Beachbody Code of Ethics to train you and be there for you anytime. So that's crazy, right? Like you think about how you had to pay for you to be able to just get extra help basically so it's like a business version. it's like a business version of a diet bet kind of yeah exactly that's exactly what it is yeah um all right so you started seeing red flags we'll go back to that you started seeing red yeah. flags and um what what your first red flag was you hit diamond you got a t-shirt and a call out on national wake-up call and a tiffany necklace which you know that's a nice necklace right but how about a bonus <laughs> anytime i get a big bowl yeah how about like something more to show for the almost year well yeah close to a year at that point that i had right. run into the business um, yeah. so it actually wasn't my like first red flag but it confirmed some things that i had seen and kind of ignored before one of the uh -huh. first things um, was when I had been awarded, I had earned it somehow, probably by hitting Success Club or something, um, a like mentorship with Jamie and Steve. Mm. Um, because, you know, they were like big, you know, they, our upline made a big deal. So basically it was Jamie and then my coach and then me. Um, okay. And so I had this like mentorship opportunity with with them and in our first call like zoom or whatever it was that we were doing we kind mm -hmm. of all introduced ourselves and you know what we wanted to do with the business and quite frankly like my goals with doing this were never super financially motivated i really wanted to actually help people i think a lot of you know women especially who join yeah. Um, do actually want to help. And I, I believed for a long time that I was actually doing that. Um, mm -hmm. And so that was my answer when they were like, why, you know, what did you join for? Like, what are you looking to get out of this? And I said, you know, I just really want to help people. You know, my dad um, had a career where he helped others and, it, you know, I wanted to kind of follow in his footsteps, but in my own way. Yeah. And so I talked about that and I said, you know, money's not a huge thing for me, but if, gosh, if I could just stay home so that I could maybe one day be a stay at home mom, because at that time I was, I didn't have kids yet. Um, I, that was my response. And they countered that with, it's okay to want money. It's okay to want a financial goal out of this. <laughs> and I was like, why can't you just honor like what I'm looking to get out of this? And I realized right. that because they don't actually want to help anyone, they're financially motivated and that is it. They yep. put on this facade, like they are helping people and changing the world one challenge pack at a time. 
but mm -hmm. that's not what's going on. And so that was kind of odd to me. And I was like, well, whatever. It's just a difference in like views on what we hope to get out of this. And then of course the diamond, you know, disappointment. And then um, I think another thing that kind of opened my eyes a bit was when I went to summit um, that year. Oh, I love it when people tell me about their summit experiences. <laughs> oh, yeah. For it. So I actually, I, I actually had a really good experience at summit yeah. overall because I spent most of my time with my downline and then other coaches I had become friends with that were also like under directly under like our upline. Mm -hmm. Um, and so for the most part, it was great. We all rented an Airbnb. It was super fun. Um, but also we were paying for Shakeology every day. Um, you know, we were getting up at the ass crack of dawn for these workouts, uh -huh. like we were running ourselves ragged and then going into these trainings that we weren't getting a ton from. So, so that was wait a second, you were paying for Shakeology every day. Why, why, why were you paying for so they, they offered it like at the convention center and like most people were staying in hotels. They didn't have access to blenders to bring yeah. their own and do it in their room and stuff. Right. We had an Airbnb, we had a full kitchen. So like we could have done that, but a lot of us were traveling from far distances and didn't really want to bring a bunch of that stuff and like you know so yeah. we knew that they were offering it at the convention center so we're like well why would we bring it if they're gonna have it there um turns out you had to pay for it how much how much <laughs> so, did you pay for it oh gosh i don't even remember maybe like four or five bucks but that's for still four or five bucks with okay i know it. i know it. okay so there was that um and then just like i said not getting a whole lot out of the trainings um it was just kind of the same like there was nothing very tangible and a lot of people talk about this with the trainings, right? Like there yeah. was no, like, here's exactly what you need to do. It was just like, well, this is what I did. And, you know, you just need to try harder and don't give up. And just kind of like this raw, raw, you know, fake, like bullshit, in my opinion, that was like not very helpful. So I didn't love that. I loved getting to see and hang out with all the girls that I had formed friendships with online yeah. and meeting them in person. Um, but one thing I like my upline, I don't know what her like issue was. Other coaches were telling me she was acting that way because she felt threatened by me. I don't really know if I believe that, but yeah. she was very, I don't know, like standoffish, like almost shy, like completely different than the person she portrayed herself to be on our team calls, on social media. Like, huh. and, and I don't know I had genuine friendships with a lot of these women that were on her team that she wasn't really friends with. And maybe she was like, I don't know, felt weird about that. But some stuff happened like between us um, that I was like, mm, I don't, maybe, yeah. maybe she sh isn't the person I should have signed up with. It still wasn't, oh, I need to quit. It was, mm, I wonder if there's any way for me to like switch my upline, of yeah. course. The only way around that is to yeah. quit for six months and then sign up. And it's like, I'm not going to lose my whole downline and jeopardize all of that. So mm -hmm. I just kind of trudged along um, under her reluctantly <laughs> after that. Yeah. Um, and then I guess something weird too that happened that probably isn't something you're going to hear on a lot of other stories is speaking back to those friendships I had made. Um, with other coaches within the downline. Um, there was a particular girl who 
um, her upline was, I guess, like a sister to me in terms of the family tree, you yeah. know, um, and so <laughs> family tree, I don't know <laughs> the best way I can describe it, pyramid, okay, but like if you're trying to picture a family tree, like, you know, the Innises or grandma and grandpa, our upline yeah. is mom, and then you yep. got the sisters down here, okay, yep. so um, she, her, upline, her upline was a sister coach to me. And they had a falling out and she was just like, I can't be under her anymore. And we had formed this friendship. She's like, I really want you to be my coach. I resonate with you. Like, you know, and as much as, yes, I fell victim to a lot of the like kind of gross behavior that, yeah. you know, a lot of coaches do, I still feel like for the most part, I stayed pretty true to myself. I don't think I ever got overly pushy or like yucky I, I still look back and I'm like mortified by it but in terms of like if you compare it to others it was actually oh, yeah. still like pretty cool and mm -hmm. so I think that resonated with her and just our friendship and she's like I would love to join under you I was like well you know the rule is you have to quit for six months and then you can sign up um, under me if you want and I was like well we thought of a way around it which was sign your husband, husband up. up yep under me and I actually, I was like, I need to get like approval for this. Like, I don't want anyone like, you know, thinking that we're trying to do shady stuff. So I talked to her upline, my sister coach. And I was like, hey, this is what she's telling me. Sounds like you guys had a falling out. I wanted to get your thoughts on it, you know, and see yeah. what you think about it. Because I don't want to like burn bridges. I'm not here to, you know, steal or, um, yeah. you know, uh, poach coaches. That was a term that was used. Yeah. Um, for like, you know, that kind of stuff happening, even though my upline did that multiple times, but oh, we'll yeah. just, yeah. <laughs> we'll kind of breeze past too. that for now, but Thank yeah, you. yeah. So I, um, I talked to her and she was like, yeah, I really appreciate you coming to me. Like, I don't really have an issue with it. I'm sad that like our relationship kind of turned into what it is because they were friends prior to all of this. Um, and so she's like, but if that's what she wants to do, like I support it and thank you so much for like coming to me first and not just doing it. And I was like, well, mm -hmm. of course, like I'm not, you know, yes, I'm a coach. So, but like, I'm not like a horrible person. So at least yeah. I didn't like, <laughs> and so, um, we, we did it, we did it that way. And immediately our grandma coach uh -uh. sent me a nasty email <gasps> saying that I was breaking like rules within compliance. Um, I was a disgrace to the, um, you know, the team fight to finish downline, just oh. all of these horrible things. Um, and she blocked me, removed me from every single group that I was in. <gasps> and yes. And so I was like, oh my God, what do I do now? Like, what do I do now? So I tried to reach out to compliance and let them know what was going on. <laughs> they and don't care. Basically, was done. No, they don't. They don't do anything. No. Um, but she tried to use like, you know, um, threatening me like with, you know, well, we're going to talk to compliance and, you know, all this stuff and um, just trying to make it seem like I had done something so egregious, um, yeah. you know, and I even, I replied back to her very respectfully. I said, look, I could see how you might be upset. So I was kind of, you know, in this weird place of what to do. Um, compliance wasn't doing anything about it. Um, mm -hmm. And I was kind of like on my own. I mean, I had been excommunicated from you know, all the groups and everything. And, um, I had to kind of explain to my downline what happened and she was still willing to like have my coaches 
like in her stuff if they needed access to certain resources and things, but I wasn't allowed to be there because um, oh. I think her, her thought process was, you know, um, it's not their fault. Um, yeah. But I did say in my email back to her, I was very respectfully said, you know, I checked with her like direct upline and she was fine with it. And she vouched for me. She's like, yeah, she told me about it and I was okay with it. And yeah. she still just like did not accept that. Thought I that I was you... trying to start some like, you know, I don't know, weird underground movement or something. I have no idea. I bet what you did was mess up a whole income stream from her. You messed up Probably. some type of placement that was not strategically done and that upset her. That's the only reason that I can think of why she got so mad. So you were kicked out of all the groups. You were still a Beachbody coach. Your coaches were still in the group. What did you do? How did you continue? I mean, I, I really didn't continue for too much longer, um, uh -huh. but I feel like I had such a good relationship with my downline that they, I mean, most of them like thought really didn't think much of it. And a lot of them weren't really business builders anyways. So uh -huh. it didn't affect them all that much. And quite frankly, some of them are like actually glad and they like removed themselves from some of those groups because, yeah. you know, they're like, we never really vibed with any of them. We signed up with you. And yeah. we're glad that we're kind of more independent now. And um, so I thought that was actually kind of neat, um, given the circumstances, which were not neat at all. Um, yeah. So we forged ahead on our own. Um, I still was kind of in and out of success club for a few months. And then um, so that was August of that year when that happened. And then mm -hmm. October, um, my husband and I finally took our long awaited honeymoon. We had waited five years to finally go. And so we went to Hawaii. We went to Yay. Maui. It was, yeah, it was amazing. But as you might imagine, the whole time yeah. I was there, what was I doing? You were working. I was on my phone. Yep, I was on my phone doing reach outs. That the time that we took to flew to fly there, um, that was the longest I had ever gone not posting on social media <gasps> since I had joined Beachbody. And it was like, yeah. like almost a 24 hour dark window. And I was like, I mean, it gave me anxiety. I was like, oh my God, if I don't put some story on there right now, I'm going to lose traction. Like something, yeah. you know, bad is going to happen. Um, the social media so world is going to die. All of your, <laughs> all of your Beachbody coaches, your potential yeah. customers are going to go somewhere else. I feel it. I know. I still, I still struggle with that to this day. Yeah. And so, um, I, I think I spent, I spent a decent amount of time being present and focused and like with my husband enjoying this, mm -hmm. but I also spent way too much time, you know, setting up pictures and doing my workout. And I brought my freaking pumpkin spice shakeology to Maui and I made it in our, our hotel suite, like, you know, and oh, you poor thing. I, I think though, that was like the defining moment for me because I had spent a lot of that week messaging with one girl in particular who was kind of on the fence about whether or not she wanted to join. And mm -hmm. when she said no, and then ghosted me, I was like, I literally just spent a week of my like well-deserved 
vacation, not even fully taking a break. Yeah. Trying to get this girl to join. She still didn't join. And what do I have to show for it? A week has gone by that I could have been even more present, enjoying myself even more. You know, I felt bad for my husband because he was probably competing for my time and attention. And I'm just like this most yeah. of the time. Um, and so, I mean, I did have some like good boundaries in terms of like when we were at dinner, like I put my phone away, like I didn't want to, you know, have it out and stuff, but still overall was not I mean, as and what a lot of people as I could have been. Yeah. What a lot of people might not understand is they're probably, if they, if somebody listening to this has never been a part of an MLM, they probably don't understand why it was so important for you to continue to work even while you're on vacation, because what they preach is time freedom, but what they actually preach to you and what they don't. So when, a, when a hun, any hun from an MLM preaches to you that they have time freedom, they're actually preaching to you that they have the freedom to work from anywhere. Exactly not time right. freedom because exactly. time freedom means like, for instance, yesterday, my nine to five, I work from home, right? So my nine to five, I was done at five o'clock. I was able to go and sit on my couch, play on my phone. I didn't, you know, I, I don't, I think I got stuck in a TikTok wormhole, right? Like I was able to do that. And then at seven 30, I was able to go upstairs lay down in my bed with my dog and watch manifest. I didn't have to have a conversation with anyone if I didn't want to. I wasn't, I didn't feel obligated to reach out to a hundred people online to try to invite them to an opportunity that is basically wanting them to work for free from home because that's what it is, right? That's exactly what it is. And they do like paint this picture that, you know, when they're going off to all these places that they're like relaxing and whatever, but then they, at the same time, post pictures of them, like working by the pool. And I'm yeah. not sure why that like, didn't really connect until it, I was in that position, but yeah. I was like, why did I spend this whole time working for something that actually didn't even like amount to anything? Yeah. And, um, I don't actually want to work on vacation. I want to just go on vacation and come back yeah. and then work when I come home. Yeah. And I think that was when I, my eyes were like truly opened to the fact that I had spent most of the last, you know, year plus of my life, like half in and mm -hmm. half out of like all of my relationships. I spent time doing this at my day job. Like I was just doing it way too much. And what did I really have to show for it? Okay, I was a diamond coach, but yeah. So what? No bonus. Um, you still have the t-shirt? No, hell no, I don't even. <laughs> so I don't have that... anything with body anymore. I don't have the obsession mat. I don't, I lied. I actually still have the slides and the bands. Um, yeah, from 80 I have those. They don't say beach body on them. So I have them because I still use them in my hobby work. I have the slides, I have the bands, I have the jump rope from MBF because I did do MBF. Um, I actually like the jump rope because they're actually pretty cool to use. Yeah, like and I, I have a stuff is like still usable yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. But no, I got rid of that. I also trashed my portion can fix portion control oh, yeah. containers really quickly. <laughs> yeah, so did I. Um so once you so you're in Maui, you realize that you just spent a whole week wasting time for one girl. That was your, that was your final, 
break it? Was that your final straw? Um, um, it was my, like the starting point to just kind of, it was the beginning of the end, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I got home and I did some serious soul searching when I got home. Um, I was like, what have I been doing with the last year and a half of my life? Like what, you know, what did I miss out on? Like I started to have so much guilt about friendships that kind of fell apart because of this. Um, and thank God my yeah. husband was as patient and supportive as he was. Um, our, our marriage was still intact and it was still okay, but it still yeah. probably wasn't as like healthy as it could have been if I had not been so, you know, like engrossed in, in Beachbody that whole time. And so I um, made an announcement to my team that I was not going to be actively coaching anymore. I wasn't ready to say goodbye to it forever. Um, at that time, I just mm -hmm. said, you know, I need to step back. I'm not going to be actively coaching. Um, you guys all still have access to my uplines groups and things. So if you need that, like, you know, that's where you can get that. And if you have questions, I'm still here. Like, I'm not just like abandoning you guys, but I personally need this time. Yeah. And so, you know, coming into the holiday season, um, and I had just used that to really kind of focus on myself. I was still working out quite a bit still. I was also starting to kind of come out of the like disordered eating. Like I was starting to toy with like the thought of intuitive eating. Like I hadn't fully yeah. gone there yet, but I was like kind of not so rigid with my, you know, my eating. Um, and it took me until February of that year to actually, or the following year. So 2019 to mm -hmm. cancel my coach account. And then I just let my BOD subscription run out um, and go through G uh, June of that mm -hmm. year. I was okay. fully done with Beachbody in June of 2019, but it, it was a slow process. And yeah. I think that's not uncommon. Mm -hmm. um, people that leave, um, it's not just like, okay, you decide that you don't want to do it anymore and you just quit. Like it, it's, it doesn't no. usually work like that for most of us. So you stated that you were able to slowly uh, back away from like the, well, you were able to back away from the portion control containers. Um, how did you find your path? Like, are you still intuitively eating? Like what's your, what's your path right now? Yeah, um, I am still intuitively eating. Um, mm -hmm. I, so in leaving, there were several like communities in which I found support. Um, a friend of mine who actually still remained in Beachbody for a while, but was like kind of incognito, um, yeah. showed me the the Reddit thread. I know you had Higgy Smalls on the podcast. Yeah. So that was initially very helpful. Um, I was active in there for a bit, but I think just I yeah. kind of had a, a moral like issue with some of the things. So I decided to kind of distance myself after a while from that. Initially, that was very mm -hmm. helpful. Um, and I kind of took a social media break and in doing that was just like looking through podcasts and things. And I had found one from an intuitive eating um, dietitian. And so okay. that was really helpful. Um, and then I actually read the book finally. Um, you read the book, the whole book, not the workbook. That's great. I did. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I, you know, have, um, I followed the, the authors on social yeah. media for a while when I went back into social media, I've been, I, that was another whole healing process for me. Um, I had overshared like literally everything in my life. And so yeah. I, I was taking breaks from social media on and off for quite a while. But when I was, you know, still active there, I was, I was following the authors. I was finding many intuitive eating dietitians. Mm -hmm. um, and it was 
extremely helpful for me. It did take a while to kind of deprogram and actually learn to trust myself. And, um, but yeah, I, I still follow that method of eating today. And I can say for the most part, I really don't have those same thought patterns that mm-hmm. I used to have. Um, I'm approaching it from a totally new perspective now and it does take, it takes time and it takes yeah. work. Well, I think have a lot of misconceptions about what intuitive eating is and I'm not going to, you know, get into the specifics of it, but yeah. if you really want to know, please read the book, please seek out like, you know, the, the dietitians that came up with this, you know, yeah. way of eating because um, there's a lot of misinformation, a lot of, um, you know, co-opting of the term um, by people who are not qualified to talk. I was just going to say, I think too, like maybe deep fully believe in what Beachbody is like pushing with those meal plans and things, but she's still so invested in it that she had to turn to, you know, this other, and it's like these two competing ideas, you can't have them both at the same time, but that's what she's trying to do because she, I mean, all of her I mean, not all of it. She's got a lot of other side businesses too, right? But like so much of her stock is invested in yeah. what income she gets from Beachbody. But that also speaks to like, how sustainable is that income? If you're trying to pursue all these other like side hustles, like so many coaches now are doing like life coaching. And like, I know there's one coach that's doing like sleep training for babies. And oh, I'm just God. like, how, first off, you're not qualified to do those things. Secondly, no. That say about your income with Beachbody then? Like, are you worried that the pyramid's going to come crumbling down? Are you like, why, what, why the need? If it's so great, you shouldn't right. need all right. these extra things. So that's kind and of- And the crazy, and that's the thing, like you just said, I mean, the crazy thing is, is that people don't understand it. All it takes is one line of their business to crumble and they're done, like completely done. And that's why they have these. I, I enjoyed hearing the fact of like, um, I enjoyed hearing your healing afterwards because there's a lot of people that need to hear that. I also enjoyed hearing um, the part of, the, of, of your story where you actually didn't do anything but got shunned like you had already left. I mean, I guess in her eyes, it was, you know, yeah. a, pretty, a, a defense that I couldn't, you know, come back from, I guess, yeah. but. Um, yeah. yeah, that was, I think that also was a pretty big awakening for me. Yeah. Like this person acts like your friend, they act like they're there to support you. And yeah. then, you know, they rip out from underneath yeah. you pretty quickly, one wrong move. And then, yeah. you know, yeah. And that's what, I'll, and that's, that's what people need to understand when it comes to any type of MLM is that your friendships are usually transactional. Um, they are not real. Some people you do, I mean, I'll always say that there was the reason that I was in an MLM or in Beachbody or any of the stuff, it was because I was supposed to be, and it led me to where I'm at today, right? Um, I'm not going to say that I wish I never signed up because I would have never learned half the things that I have learned. Um, I would have never gotten into any type of fitness, even though it was the wrong type of fitness. Um, and, you know, I would have never been... I just, I don't think I would be here. And this is, this is where I'm, I feel like I'm meant to be because I want to be able to open up a platform for people to be able to share their stories and not basically you're screaming it into a void, but people are actually listening and, and you're helping others by sharing your, and I hate to do this because I could literally talk to you all day long. Um, but I do have another podcast.
that I have to record here in a couple of minutes. So you're a busy woman. It's kind of, I mean, it's as sad as it is. It's also really like, yeah, kind of a great thing that you're so busy and have so many people wanting to share their stories with you because yes. it means that, you know, you're, you're doing the, the, the good work. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, and it, it I also will we'll also say I'm a busy woman, but I only have like a small window of time on the weekends. And that is and you get to decide what that looks like, right? You're not a yes. slave to your MLM no. anymore. You have the no. right to set boundaries. You is there anything that you were not able to share today that you want to make sure that you share with the people of the Call Cheryl Hunt podcast? Oh, I I mean, I feel like I did a pretty good job of sharing everything that I wanted to talk about, but you know, one of the things that I've heard you ask before is like, if someone's going to join an MLM yes. or wants to, what would you tell them? Yes. Um, and I know that DC um, had mentioned, you know, ask questions, ask questions, yes. ask questions, ask questions. For me, yes. I asked questions. I thought I asked good questions. And, you know, um, so while that's a great piece of advice, I also yes. think you need to think critically about your situation, which is really hard to do because most of the time we're in a vulnerable spot, right? So our critical thinking skills aren't really where they yes. should be. But listen to the people in your life who might be questioning it. They are not haters. Those people actually love you and they're concerned about what may happen if you do join, which in the yes. reality, it's very likely that you are going to make no money or lose money. Yep. Um, and not only that, it's not just the financial piece, but you're going to lose um, part of who you are as a person. You're going to lose relationships with people who actually give a shit about you for yeah. people who see you as a number. And so um, I would just caution, you know, people to try their best to listen to that, like, constructive criticism if they're getting it from, you know, loved ones. Um upon joining or preferably before they join yeah. um, because they do have your best interest at heart, even though it might feel like they're trying to be like a Debbie Downer or they're trying to just be negative. Like I kind of wish I had listened to my husband and I said my mom was pretty skeptical too, yeah. but um, I, and do more research on your own. Like I could have probably Googled more than I did yeah. Um, I went straight to the source, which may not necessarily be the most reliable place to get your information from. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of great info out there now about the dangers of these now. companies. When I joined, mm -hmm. not so much. I'm sure it was available, but it wasn't as widely accessible as it is now. Mm -hmm. So do your homework, listen to your loved ones, and just really think about all these people that are coming out with their stories. Do you really think it's because we couldn't hack it? I mean, I made it to the top 5%. Like, you know, is it really because we just aren't built for this or made for this? There's a reason why all of us are sharing our stories and everything is so similar. Yeah. And it's not because it's us. It's yeah. the system. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better than my, better myself. E. I'm so thankful that you came onto the podcast. And honestly, I think I'm going to have to have you on again because we could have kept on going and I enjoyed having a conversation with you. Um, to everyone, I am sorry, my, Miss E is going to stay anonymous. And if you do have any questions for her, feel free to reach out to me and I will filter the questions to her and get the answers for you. If you, if you would like to dive a little bit deeper into her story, maybe we'll have her back on. We don't know.
Um, but E, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Thank you so much for having me. It was absolutely. Awesome. I actually hope I do get to come back if that ends up yep. working out. <laughs> absolutely. I got your number, so we'll figure that out, okay? Sounds great. All right. Bye. All right, Pam, thank you for joining us on the Call Cheryl Hunt podcast. We hope you found today's episode informative and thought provoking. If you enjoyed the show and want to hear more, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating or review. We'll be back next week with another episode, so stay tuned. If you have a story you'd like to share on the show, please do not hesitate to reach out to me at callcherylhunt at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at call Cheryl Hine or on my personal Instagram at, at Cheryl S. Spears. We always welcome new voices and perspectives. Again, thank you for listening and we hope you'll tune in next time. Until then, take care and stay safe.